Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Christian Retirement Show. Today, I am incredibly excited to have Lindsay Reg join us. Lindsay is the founder and CEO of 321 Coffee, a coffee business whose mission is to employ people with special needs and break the stigma of hiring neurodiverse employees. We discuss what it's like growing a business from scratch, lessons learned along the way, and of course, the best coffee drink to get at 321. Before we jump into the episode, please give the show a five-star review and subscribe to continue hearing all of the amazing content we're putting out. Now, let's roll the intro. Welcome to the Christian Retirement Show, where we discuss all things crucial to planning and investing for retirement from a Christian perspective. I'm your host and CFP professional, Eric Shrum. To learn more about working with me, you can visit shrumpw.com and click free portfolio review. Now, on to the show. Hello, and welcome to this week's show. Today, we have a really exciting guest we are speaking to, and that is the founder and CEO of 321 Coffee, based right here in Raleigh, North Carolina, Lindsay Reg. Lindsay, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm excited for this. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for coming on. And, you know, we got connected and we were chatting about this just, just before we hit record that when you came and spoke at a Rotary Club event, everyone there was left feeling incredibly inspired and uplifted after hearing your story and what you're doing with 321 Coffee. And I was like, man, we have to get you on the podcast and share this awesome, awesome story with the listeners of this show. So, you know, I'd like to hear a little bit and share with the audience kind of what 321 Coffee is and your mission, but also talk a little bit about. You know, we have a lot of business owners and people who are, you know, learning about their finances and hear a little bit about just what you've learned building a business and having to having to go through that um, craziness, which which it can be at times, and managing money both for the business and personally. But before we jump into all of that, uh, tell us what is three two one coffee and and what are you guys about? What's your mission? Totally. So yes, 321 Coffee, we are a coffee shop and roadster that's really built on neurodiversity inclusion. Um, so 80% of adults with disabilities are unemployed. And we're really out here to change that. So we've got an mm. inclusive business model ourselves. We've got over um, 20 adults of individuals with all abilities on our payroll. Um, and they come here and they learn professional skills. They have a team where they can grow, support one another, and ultimately a place to just showcase and highlight, you know, what they can bring to a team and to society, to the rest of the community. So it's super fun operation. Um, I definitely never leave there, you know, without having a smile on my face. Yeah, that is awesome. And what was that word you used? Neuro, neurodiversity? Yeah, neurodiverse. Yep. So what does that mean? Yeah, so that just um, is pretty inclusive of individuals that have, you know, whether they were born that way, they had some sort of medical ailment, but any sort of neurological disability or right. difference um, that makes them think a little differently, act a little differently, talk a little differently, process yeah. information, whatever it may be. So that's inclusive of, you know, Down syndrome, autism are probably the two most um, 
common names, if you will, of different neurodiverse mm-hmm. uh, individuals, but anyone who's got had a stroke, you know, someone who's got cerebral palsy, um, yeah. just pretty yeah, inclusive of that. Incredible. I mean, it's an, an, an incredible business and, and mission. And, um, you know, I know that you have a really cool story about how this came to be. So can you share with us just kind of how you grew up and then the origins of of three, two, one that started from my understanding back in, in school when you were quite young, right? Yeah. So started three, two on coffee, actually my freshman year in college, and we can hit on that in a second. Um, but one of the cool things about our community and our team is that I would say everyone who's a part of it sort of has their own reason for why inclusion and social business is important to them. Um, mm-hmm. And so for me, this mission was really relevant for me. Uh, I don't have any family members who have any disabilities. Um, Mm -hmm. My connection to this community was actually through some of the first friends that I made in elementary school. So Mm -hmm. back in third grade, I switched schools. I didn't know anyone in the new classroom and I just wanted friends. And it was someone who was willing to play hide and go seek with me at recess, (laughs) you know, and at that point in third grade, that's all that matters. You're instant best friends. Um, and those three girls that I became friends with, you know, one had Down syndrome, one had mm-hmm. Georgia syndrome, and one of them had a stroke. And yeah. at third grade, that meant nothing. We mm-hmm. were just friends. And so really that inclusive, eye-opening experience that I got to grow up with of seeing, you know, how does someone with one hand play tennis? You know, it doesn't yeah. look like me, but it still works. And, you know, just through adaptations and modifications, this whole world that was made available and accessible to them. Um, when you are comfortable making those small changes. So I had that awesome upbringing followed by sort of a disappointing realization of when we all started getting towards high school graduation. For me, Mm -hmm. it was college and summer internships and studying abroad back when we could do that. (laughs) And, you know, this whole world of opportunity, whereas Mm -hmm. for them professionally, there was really not a lot available. Yeah, that's so interesting. And um, you know, I love that you brought up when you're in third grade and, you know, differences don't really matter that much. It's almost like the innocence of, of being a kid, right? Why do you think exactly. that is? And then what, what happens to, <laughs> to today where we can't even get along with people on Twitter, nonetheless, you know, people who, who might be more different than us in some ways? Yeah. I mean, I think that the coolest thing about my experience of being in third grade and being um, just seeing people for who they were is that I mean, we all start out that way, right? You know, mm-hmm. you see someone who's different and you don't really register that that means bad. All you know is that yeah. it's different from you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think like holding on to that perspective and just recognizing that different is different, but it's mm-hmm. not it's not bad um, yeah. is a huge thing that we can learn from people who still have that. And I think that, you know, it's unfortunate that at some point there is some you know, different becomes scary or it becomes Mm -hmm. intimidating and you just, you don't want to engage because you don't want to mess up. You don't want to say the wrong thing. So you just don't, Um, which can be pretty limiting. So if you, when you get past that, you, there's so much you can learn from people who are different than you. And I'm so excited that that, you know, the theme of like DE and I is just becoming such a, having so much more attention and value put on it in today's world. And I think that that's going to lead to such a better tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. And in a world where things seem to be more divisive every time we look at, you know, a broad national scale or something, you know, you still sit down with somebody like, you know, we're even chatting and it's, it's great. Right. And I think that when you can see 
something as inspiring as three, two, one coffee. I mean, that's, that's something special in today's world. And people realize that um, for sure. And so, you know, you were graduating high school, you had all these plans, head to college and you went to NC state, correct? Yes. Go pack. <laughs> yes. Awesome. I'm a Florida state guy. So we, you guys always used to beat us in football when we, <laughs> I've had some pretty we good memories of some Florida state football games. Oh, yes. <laughs> <wow>. <laughs> so you, you were looking forward to NC state and then, you know, these people who were more challenged neurologically with, with different, um, you know, maybe it's a disease or unfortunate event in their life. Um, what's the prospect of someone who is handicapped after they leave that structure of high school? What's yeah, the opportunity? That's a great question. And it's unfortunate that for a lot of people, there's a huge drop-off. So there's a ton of inclusive and adaptive education programs built into many of the elementary, middle, and high school programs, the special mm-hmm. education classrooms, occupational course of studies, where these students have opportunities to study more like life skills as opposed to the intricacies of you know algebra two. And, but after after high school, there's, there's a lacking of programming and support readily available for this community. And so for a lot of people, um, they just end up at home, which is really unfortunate because they're capable of so much more. So Mm -hmm. some of the programming that we're starting to see um, are courses being offered at some higher education programs. So um, Mm -hmm. Wake Tech has a lot of classes that I know our baristas utilize um, even some colleges. Like I know Clemson started a Clemson life program, which mm-hmm. allows people with disabilities to physically live on campus in the dorms um, yeah. and have that support and structure. Cause sometimes moving out and living independently can be, it's a pretty big step for um, some of these people. But so those ex- like furthering education exists um, and then jobs, jobs is a huge thing. And so yeah. that's what we're really working towards is normalizing inclusion for individuals with disabilities in any job. Mm. Um, So just like if you want to, you have a pick at being working in finance or working in sales or working in Mm -hmm. retail, you know, those opportunities should exist for anyone. um, Mm -hmm. And they should be able to follow their passions just like you or I. Yeah. Yeah. Super cool. So let's, let's dive into that side of, of three, two, one, and you're at NC state, you're a student doing student things. And then this idea for three, two, one comes about what happens there? How did, how did this idea come about? And what was that idea? What, what materialized from that? Yeah. So I got to campus in the fall of 2017 and the plan was never to like start a company. I had no interest in business. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't even know what the word entrepreneur meant. Um, <laughs> what was I your major? I was studying biomedical engineering, which is (laughs) just as a mouthful as it sounds. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I wanted to go to med school. So I wanted to be a doctor. I loved the idea of surgery. I loved the idea of prosthetics, especially Mm -hmm. for people with disabilities. Mm -hmm. But the medical science math world was definitely like where I found home. But I also had this idea of wouldn't it be so cool to have like a coffee shop or just a place where my friends who had disabilities could have a place where they belong. And little ambitious freshman me was like, I could do that. No problem. You know, starting a coffee shop, starting a business, no big deal. Um, And so I, yes. So I started it. I fortunately connected with some other friends on campus who were also just as naive as I was, honestly. Mm -hmm. Um, And said, yeah, like, let's go, let's go do this. Let's see what we can come up with. And so one day we sat down and we're like, all right, we need a name. And so then it was like, all right, how about three, two and copy? Like, perfect, check, moving on. Let's come up with a logo. And then we, you know, my 
sweet mate at the time was in graphic design studies. So she came up with one of our first logos and we just kept following our noses. And the goal was, you know, a big grand storefront in downtown Raleigh, but that yeah. wasn't quite attainable for a couple college <laughs> freshmen. Um, so we figured out what we could do and it was pretty easy for us to rent some folding tables from the student union. We got mm-hmm. Starbucks coffee. We offered to serve it for free and we went anywhere who would let us. Awesome. And you then had your friends who had disabilities there. Yes, they were working, working there. Right? Exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, when you think about that, like that was a super easy setup to get going. It was just mm-hmm. like, Hey, calling up some friends. Hey, you want to come work at this? They all said, yes. Um, ordered some stuff online and yeah. boom, we were ready. <laughs> that is cool. And I think from a business standpoint and entrepreneurial standpoint, it's the first step, right? And that first step was buying Starbucks coffee. Why not? <laughs> yes, right? And exactly. Selling it. Um, and I think, I think you're spot on. Like, I think if I had known like, okay, Lindsay, like you're going to go start a coffee shop in order to do that. Like you need all figure out all this insurance stuff and legal work. And how do you hire employees and where do you source an espresso <laughs> machine? And I mean, the I'm, list goes I'm on sweating on. just say, hearing you say that. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, okay, that sounds impossible. Don't even need to try. Right. I don't even need to get started. But when yeah. you really think of like, it was just Starbucks, a Starbucks run and a couple phone calls. Like, okay, yeah, I can handle that. And mm-hmm. then after you do the first event, it's even easier to do the second. And then, yeah. you know, someone says, Hey, I'm in commercial real estate. Like whenever you need to, whenever you're there, call me. And someone says, Hey, like I specialize in equipment for restaurants. Like if you ever need mm-hmm. recommendations, here's my number. Yeah. And it was just people started coming together in pursuit of this common mission and really willing to lend a hand and help. And that community really is how we got um, to where we are today. Awesome. Yeah. Let's dive a little bit deeper into that. What was the reception like at that first uh, event that you guys had? It was awesome. Yeah. So, I mean, for me, it was like the coolest ever because I saw like, it was, like I said, it was not the grand vision, but it was a very Mm -hmm. small manifestation of exactly what I was envisioning. There was we had four adults with disabilities in the, um, who I was new, who were mm-hmm. there. They had aprons on. They had our mm-hmm. little makeshift logo that I hand ironed on in my mom's living room. <laughs> um, you know, they were serving coffee. It was happening. It was real. And so like yeah. that in and of itself was like so cool. Um, the first event that we were at, it was a unified football game. And so mm-hmm. that's run through Special Olympics. The unified is that half the team is made up of Special Olympics special Olympics athletes and half the team mm-hmm. was um, NC state football players. And so it was wow. a NC state versus UNC football game unified. And that was a blast. And like the yeah. whole thing was just so inclusive and everyone was so excited to have us there. We were then got to go out and cheer on the players. Mm-hmm. It was, it was phenomenal. And I mean, that event and so many others, you know, people would see us and just say, this is awesome. Would you be willing to come to my wedding? Would you be willing to come wow. to my office would you be willing Mm -hmm. to come to my fill in the blank and we just figured out how to do all of it yeah so cool um what happened from word of mouth is starting to happen you're doing these little events to the farmer's market here in raleigh where you actually have a permanent location um you know you said you wanted to be downtown that wasn't really that feasible at at that time Mm -hmm. and how did you end up with a permanent location um where you do now 
Yeah, I mean, so even in the even in that transition of um, the true mobile shops to where we are now, there was mm. many little shot steps in between. We started yeah. off. Um, the farmers market has a tent that you can set up at by the day. You have to show up. It's first come first serve. So we showed up yeah. at six a.m. every Saturday. We brought wow. our folding tables there, and up <laughs> we served some coffee, um, and it worked. And so that was sort of the first step, and then they had an opening inside the market shops, which is where there's like a wine vendor and the hot dog stand and uh, the seafood yeah. vendor. And so we were offered that space and we moved over there. And then, you know, it started as just Saturdays and Sundays, then became Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and one space right. turned into two. And, you know, we were just able to continue growing organically through the infrastructure of the farmer's market, which, I mean, truthfully, we're so lucky to have with such proximity to campus and as yeah. well to Raleigh. Yeah. So cool. So what's that look like now? What is, what's the farmer's market location look like? What are you guys doing there currently? Yeah. So quick plug, aesthetically, it's looking awesome. Last I've summer, seen <laughs> pictures. I got to get down there. I still haven't gotten some coffee there. So I, I yes, come maybe visit. this weekend I'll come down um, and the pictures look amazing. Thank you. Yeah. So last summer we went through a huge rebranding where we upgraded from our, our one little logo from my freshman year roommate to a true built out brand with multiple colors and fonts. And we just completely facelifted the whole space. So I'm super excited with how aesthetically the brand has really revamped and that's seen in the shop itself. It's seen in our packaging, our website. It really truly feels like a coffee shop now, which I, yeah. I love. Um, we also had the opportunity to expand physically in the farmer's market. So okay. um, we used to just have one little stall, then the vendor next to us moved out. So we were able to take over that space as well. So we've now mm -hmm. got a full service coffee bar. You can order anything from cold brew to a latte to we run seasonal specials. I think we're running right now an all American latte that's got go. red, white, and blue sprinkles, which <laughs> look delicious. Um, we've got seating. So we've got a bar, two tables. It's still uh -huh. relatively a small space but we make it yeah. work. Um, and then last summer we used this space to start roasting our own coffee. We bought a little roaster that fit in the back of the shop. We outgrew that in like two months, which is a good yeah. problem to have, but it, it was a nice sort of test space for that as well. Yeah. So cool. So that you've, you had a bunch of success at the farmer's market word is spreading. So what is that transition into the next phase of three, two, one, like you're roasting coffee. It sounds like, what are you guys doing now as, as you start to expand? Yeah. So the roasting has been a huge new endeavor for us. And I actually came out of COVID in February of 2020. We were about to sign a lease for that downtown space. We we're like, yes, yeah. it's finally happening. And then we're like touring the space. And then three days later, COVID's in Raleigh, everything shut down in yeah. downtown. is just like a ghost town. So right. that all of a sudden becomes not a very timely next step for us. So our pivot was to roasting. We sort of said, we've got this community that really supports us. And if they can't physically come to us because they're literally mm -hmm. legally being told to stay home, we yeah. can send coffee to them. And so that yeah. was a big new learning venture for us of like, all right, how the heck do you roast coffee? You know, where do you buy it from? How do you physically do it? How do you package it? Okay, now we need to build out an online store. Um, so that's that last summer, we spent a lot of time figuring all of that out. Um, and then since then, yes, we've launched online shop, we're running subscriptions, we're selling, I think we've hit 23 of 50 states. Obviously, our goal is 50 oh out of 50. Gosh, so wow. if any of I, you are out of staters, please order, maybe you can bump us up a couple numbers. There are. Um, so I know there are. So we'll, we'll try perfect. and get that up. <laughs> yeah. And um, so yes, that's been awesome. And then in addition to selling, you know, with the e-commerce creating new opportunities for selling, we've also started selling to companies. So we're seeing 
businesses recognizing the power of if they're going to buy coffee for the office or to send to their employees who are working from home or whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. they've got a choice of where they're going to buy that coffee from. Are they going to buy it from some name brand coffee shop that you're going to see on every, every grocery store, or are they going to choose to buy it from three, two, one. And with that purchase, know the impact that they're making for uh, many of our baristas and roasters. Yeah, that's amazing. That's such a great business story and a lesson there on times change in a drastic way with COVID. And then you guys just pivot. And I imagine this is a pretty, maybe a blessing in disguise because now you don't have any overhead and you're able to really expand and scale like you wouldn't be able to in a a real retail shop. Totally. I mean, and it's something we had never considered before. And like, in addition to creating the new um, business and the new partners that we've been able to engage with from the roasting, mm-hmm. it's also been great for us. We've now have a new position within our company for being the coffee roasters. Um, so we're right. able to hire people to physically do that. And it's a very yeah. different type of job than being a barista. It's a little less customer facing, a little more, um, you know, step by step. And for some of those people that that's where their strengths and their skills are. I'm so glad that we're able to offer that as a, a job offering um, and a job opening to just leverage different skills and highlight different strengths. Yeah, that is awesome. And uh, I want to talk about uh, some lessons that you've learned during building this business that, that we can share with our, our audience. But first, can we talk a little bit about the team that you've built and um, these awesome people who are working for you? What has that been like building a community of a team that is, is with three, two, one, uh, how has that been internally and with these great people that, that you're employing and working with? Absolutely. So I can say that my team is literally the best team that anyone could ask to work with. And that's inclusive mm-hmm. of, um, the other execs on my team, Michael and Liam, our manager, mm-hmm. Linda, all of our baristas, all of our roasters, our mentors, our board, our investors, like literally all of the people that are choosing to be part of three, two, one, are great people. They believe in each other. They believe in what we're doing. They believe in yeah. the power of doing business for good. And mm-hmm. that just makes the work fun. And so I, I feel yeah. spoiled that I get to, I love who I work with. It's always a blast. You know, there's challenging times for sure, but we get through it together. Um, yeah. And that's just, that makes such a big difference. Yeah. What would you say to, from what you've learned working with people with special needs about the stigma around whether someone could do a job like that with a, a handicap that many other people don't don't face absolutely so i think i'd love to share a story here so we had one barista and she'd been working with us for a while and she would come mom would drop her off pick her up fine and at the shop the different roles that you our baristas fill someone's usually at the cash register someone's at the espresso machine doing making Mm -hmm. all the lattes someone's usually managing um the cups and the flavors and the syrup that sort of station and someone's delivering the coffee calling them out and we had the this girl her mom came to pick her up and she pulled me aside and she said my daughter's at the cash register and i said yes i know and she said she she doesn't know how to make cash or make change and i said Uh yes, yes, she does. She's like, no, no, you need to be up there with her. Like she doesn't, she doesn't know how to do that math. And I was like, Mm -hmm. she has been doing this independently for months now. Yeah. And her mom just started crying because she didn't realize like what her daughter was capable of. And so I think Mm -hmm. so often people put limitations on themselves or on others just because of a label. Um, And I think that when somebody has an opportunity or you either the opportunity to just learn how to make the cash 
Or, mm-hmm. all right, if you only have one hand and this making a latte, you need one hand to hold this here and one hand to push the button, you hold it and I'll push the button and together you can do this. Like yeah. put those adaptations on and watch someone grow. And it's amazing what people are capable of when you sort of ha- bring that open mind and just believe in the potential that someone can have. Yeah, that's so amazing. Really amazing to hear. And you know, hearing it's talking now and then hearing your discussion in the past, you know, it opened my eyes as well to these things. And I hope that for the folks listening to this podcast, it, it can do the same as well. And I think there's so many lessons um, that you can pull from your experience and these great people you're working with. And that, you know, we all have limitations and we all have these mental biases that we, we have. And, um, you know, we can over overcome these things. And that, that's a pretty cool thing to hear. So uh, let's get into some lessons that you've learned from a business standpoint. I'm very curious to, to pick your brain on. Man, you, you guys have brought on investors. Is that right? We're working with them now. Yes. Incredible. Um, you know, this has grown from just setting up tables at NC State to a really, you know, investor backed enterprise. How have you done that? What was the, the learning curve like to setting up tents and tables to this today? How have you grown? Yeah. I mean, there's so much there. I personally have learned so much in all of the areas. I've learned how to drive a trailer. I've learned how to make coffee. I'm not a coffee drinker. I've learned how to roast <laughs> coffee. I've learned how to do pro formas and projections and you know, just so many things. And I think such a big part of this has just been recognizing that I'm a first-time founder. I'm a first-time yeah. CEO. There's a lot that I don't know. But if you ask questions, people are willing to help. And I think that that's yeah. been so huge. So everywhere from you know mentors that I'm texting and calling to Mm -hmm. YouTube videos that I'm watching over and over again, as we figure out how you make a shot of espresso for the first time, (laughs) like all of it. Um, And I think a big part of it is just recognizing that if you don't have the answer, ask, you know, it Mm -hmm. doesn't mean you're less than, it doesn't mean anything. Um, If you're willing to learn, people will help you. Yeah. Amazing. Um, You know, it sounds like that would be, you know, I want to get your opinion on what your advice would be to someone who is thinking about starting their own business or, you know, these days the side hustle is very a popular to, uh, thing, you know, and, and really people have the access and the ability with technology to do their own entrepreneurial venture at whatever scale that may be like never before. And I know it's a big talk of people always want to do that, that be self-employed in, in some capacity, uh, but that's a scary thing, right? To take yeah. the jump. What advice would you give to someone kind of struggling with wanting to do something cool like you've done, but are kind of maybe handicapped and frozen right now? Yeah. I mean, I have a ton that I would say like, first, if it's fun, go for it, right? Like if yeah. you're going to enjoy doing it, figure out how to make it work. It doesn't need to be quitting your job on day one and starting it with zero. Like there's... Mm-hmm there's time in the day to make it work. You just have to be purposeful with how you spend your time. And I always found like being a full-time student and starting three, two and coffee, obviously my days are pretty full, but I was able to, I was always able to find time for three, two and because it was such a fun priority for me that I like, that was the day was go. There was, 
the day was not going to end without me yeah. having done what I needed to do for three, two, one. And I yeah. had things that I wasn't going to give up. I wasn't going to give up sleep. I wasn't going to give up eating. I wasn't going to give up hanging out with my friends. I was going to figure out how to make it work. And so I truly believe that it can be done if you really set out with that intention. I would also yeah. say that in starting a business and I mean, truthfully with anything in the professional world, asking and leveraging others is so significant. And so many mm -hmm. times, you know, I'll have an idea morning brew. I'm sure are you subscribed to their newsletter every day i read it yeah yes exactly so i don't know a couple months ago they came out with the sidekick which is a spinoff yeah. of their newsletter that highlights products and so i was like oh mm -hmm. this is cool like they should highlight three two one and my whole team was like Lindsay, they are not going to highlight three, two, one. Like, they do not know who we are they're not going to respond you read all these emails i was like i'm just going to email them and sure enough they yeah. responded and they said yes and so they highlighted three two one amazing i did not know that that is that the reach that morning brew has. Yes. That's oh amazing. my gosh, we got so many orders from that. And you just never know who's going to say yes to something. So you may as well just ask. And if they don't respond, ask again. And mm -hmm. if they respond and say no, okay, fine. Ask a different question, you know, like, yeah. hey, will you follow me on Facebook? No. All right, fine. How about Instagram? <laughs> you know, you can, if you're persistent and you demonstrate your commitment to this, people are receptive to that. And they, yeah. fortunately, a lot of people have the innate nature that they want to help. And especially if you're doing a good thing, they'll figure out a way to help. Yeah. That's a common theme that I'm hearing in our discussion is asking for help um, and, yes. and not, not being hesitant to do that. And people want to help, mean, you know, people do. It, it's, and they sometimes just need you to say like, here's what I need help with. And, yeah. you know, maybe that's not the right person, but Maybe they know somebody who is, and you yeah. just you just never know. That's so cool. Uh, a few more questions here, uh, and this yeah. is a money podcast, right? I'm a financial advisor. We do a lot of personal finance things, so no no difficult questions, hopefully, on this. But one or two: What's it been like managing finances with the business, and now personally, has that been a learning curve? It has been. I mean, truthfully, like I. Again, I keep bringing up college, but so much of this came from college. Came to college yeah. with not really any budgeting, financial background. You know, I managed yeah. my own personal budget, but in high school, my personal budget was like eating out with friends, right? It wasn't yeah. anything significant. <laughs> and now all of a sudden, we're managing inventory like, and yes, coffee yes. beans and <laughs> and yeah, cash flow and just all of these words that I had never even heard of before. A big person that I've relied on really heavily on this has been one of my co-founders, Michael Evans, who is our mm -hmm. CFO. He's also in college. He also just graduated. So he didn't have vastly more experience than I did. Um, yeah. But one of the things that I've really learned from him that I think has encouraged me to just be very receptive to taking on these sorts of challenges, even if you don't mm -hmm. have the background, is what you can learn from reading. I mean, he has learned yeah. so much. He wasn't a finance major. He wasn't a mm -hmm. business major. But so much of his financial literacy has come from reading and reading more and talking to people and figuring out what they're reading. And it's inspiring for me to have watched him learn so much of this pretty much self-taught and same talking to people, talking to accountants, talking to financial advisors. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm learning from him. I'm learning alongside him. And I think that there's so much there that there's so much, so many resources out there. If you just make them so, if you take advantage of it. Yeah, that's cool. I really love hearing that. And I'll let people in on, on a little secret, right? I'm a financial advisor, a certified financial planner, certificate holder, and I don't have all the answers. <laughs> Neither do any other CFP professionals have all the answers. And we do a lot of going to trusted resources and reading to get answers and saying, you know, I don't know, and going and researching those um, those answers. It's kind of a superpower. So that's cool to hear that 
Evan is doing the same thing as well on the CFO side of things. Yeah, Michael's Michael's great. Uh, oh, it's M- Michael Evans. Michael okay, Evans. Michael. Evans is last name. Yes, but yeah. Got it. Got it. Okay, cool. <laughs> this is not a question that I had written down, but just thinking through, and I think our audience being kind of a, a faith-driven audience would like to hear this as well. Uh, you're such an impressive person, Lindsay, and you've had great success. And you know, just based off of the Rotary talk that you gave, everybody was like, man, what an amazing young woman. Lindsay is and what a cool thing um, with everybody singing your praises and having success with 321. How do you stay humble and you know making sure you're not saying, you know what, I am the best, aren't I? 321 is going to just go to the moon and, and be the greatest thing. How do you make sure that you're staying humble and staying wise in how you're making decisions um, and not not necessarily listening too deeply into what everyone has has been saying, at least from my experience? Definitely. I think, I mean, a big thing is recognizing that we are, I am here because we are here. And we is that really collective group of the team that we have working towards this. This is not an individual success. This is not because of what I have done. This is truly because what we have done, right? Me setting up a tent at the farmer's market to serve coffee by myself doesn't do anything without my baristas. And I can't bring on investors and do all of this stuff without Michael's support and managing the finances and building out the operations. And just so much of it has been a group effort. And I mean, I know that, I believe that, I try and say that as much as I can because it's true. And I think Mm -hmm. that, you know, I personally get a lot of attention because I have the title CEO, Mm -hmm. but it's, it's team deserved attention. So it's not me. And then your question on how do I not just assume three, two, one's going to the moon and, you know, just stand back world. Well, that's because I'm in it on the day to day and I see all the reasons why I'm terrified. Um, so that, that's not as hard, but, (laughs) you know, staying, keeping your goals in line, keeping your vision of where you want to get to, and then grouping up with your team and saying, how do we get there now? Let's go do it together. And I believe that we will. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, so somewhat rapid fire, fun questions to kind of round out our time here. Yeah, maybe three or four for us. Favorite drink that three, two, one serves. What is your favorite? Okay, there's this mango iced tea that is so good, but I'm a little uh, biased because I'm not a coffee drinker. Right. Um, but I have began appreciating coffee, and Linda just had Linda's our manager. She had a, uh-huh. a special called the cinnamon roll. And it might oh. be taken off the menu, the seasonal menu, but I think they still have some of the supplies. So this is my uh-huh. insider tip. Go to okay. 321, ask for the cinnamon roll. It literally tastes like a cinnamon roll in a drink. It is so delicious. Oh, Even a non-coffee drinker can appreciate it. <laughs> um, yes, that's that's the good stuff. Awesome. I will take that advice and everybody listening, there's a little secret for us. Uh, <laughs> travel. You love to travel, I know. Uh, you were just in the Southwest. We were... Uh, talking about that since we both really enjoy being out there. Where's your favorite place that you traveled in in your time? Before COVID, I took an incredible trip to Asia and Mm. I got to go to Thailand. And that was just, I mean, literally, I felt like I was on another planet, just the day to day, the food, the people, the the views. It was unlike anything I'd ever seen before. It was absolutely beautiful. I met some of the kindest people ever. um, And I can't wait to get back there again. Awesome. Very cool. Uh, music, favorite music to throw on when you're uh, roasting coffee or just driving in the car. Give us a, I'm uh, a an big insight. country music fan. <laughs> uh, okay. 
Yes, the Zach Brown band, Luke Bryan. Yeah. You have all of them. <laughs> nice. You're North Carolina. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Born okay, and raised. Okay, two more questions here for you, Lindsay. Um, 10 years. We're 10 years in the future. What is 321 doing? I have no idea. <laughs> I've got a lot of ideas though. Um, I've had thought about, I would love for 321 to really be um, a big part of the corporate world. I would love to have cafes and different cor- corporate headquarters opening up. Mm-hmm. Hopefully we will be opening up one or two over the next 12 months. And I, I just love the idea of having our staff in physically in and in front of a lot of corporate business leaders. Cause I, yeah. I want them to see here are people who are different than me and who are neurodiverse and they're working in my workplace. They're bringing value to my team. And I just see so much value there for the future of like systemic inclusion. We've also talked a lot about how, you know, this problem is not, we're not tied to coffee. It's not a coffee specific industry problem. So who knows, maybe there's going to be, you know, three, two, one pizza, three, two, one sandwiches or three, two, one clothing line, you know, just taking this model and applying it to other other industries and saying, you know, inclusion, inclusion belongs in all areas of business. Yeah. Fantastic. That's cool to hear. Um, last question. And, you know, you guys are, you have your shop at the farmer's market. You're starting to sell wholesale or not wholesale, mm-hmm. but being shipping beans that We're doing I could have yeah. at home. Right. And now you're also doing business uh, coffee for businesses in their offices or other places. How can listeners of this podcast in any capacity, whether they're a business leader or just a you know, stay-at-home mom who enjoys coffee, what can they do to get involved and um, support and be a part of what 321 is doing? Help it yes, grow. Yes, please. would love for anyone to join our community, whether that just be giving us a follow on our social medias at Drink321 mm-hmm. Coffee, um, ordering coffee from us online, 321coffee.com slash shop. Uh, reaching out to me if you if you're interested in engaging with 321 on a more um, what's the word developed like partnership, Lindsay yeah. at 321coffee.com. I mm-hmm. I totally believe in the power of community and the power of just using your dis- making decisions for the betterment of others. And I think 321 Coffee is such a great medium to do that. Whether it's buying yeah. coffee for yourself, buying coffee for a friend, picking the coffee that's going to be served in your office. Um, if there's any coffee lovers or friends of coffee lovers, please, please support 321. Yes, please go do that. I am a big coffee lover. You know, I've shown Lindsay, I've got my big coffee next to me right now, and I'm going to be going down to the farmer's market this weekend and uh, hopping online to get some. So, um, Lindsay, I've so enjoyed our conversation. Thank you so much for, for joining us. Of course. Thanks for including me. I had a blast. The content provided is for general information educational purposes only and should not be considered a recommendation of any particular strategy, investment product, or investing advice of any kind. Content is not intended to be and should not be construed as legal or tax advice and or legal opinion. Please consult a financial professional for your specific situation. Investing involves risk, including the loss of the entire principal. Past performance does not guarantee future results. The views and opinions expressed here are of the author and do not necessarily reflect the opinion of Spire Wealth Management, LLC, and its affiliates. Investment advisory services offered through Spire Wealth Management LLC and SEC Registered Investment Advisor. Securities offered through an affiliate Spire Securities LLC, a registered broker, dealer, and member of FINRA and SIPC.